like the essence of Christianity. Um, to sum it up, as being a Christian, what is, what is our focus um, to be? A lot of times we think that Christianity is about doing all the right things. I know we've talked about that a lot. What is our purpose? What is it about truly doing? You know, going to church, right? Reading the Bible, praying, um, what's known as the disciplines. You know, a lot of times when we think about Christianity, it's the disciplines of Christianity a lot of times that, that we focus on. And hear me, discipline is good. Everybody say discipline is good. <laughs> discipline is a good thing. Um, I don't know what it's, what it's like. What happened? I missed it. <laughs> Do you want the microphone? <laughs> he didn't agree. Discipline is good. Say it. Say it, Colin. Do it. Discipline is good. Discipline is good. We've got a younger generation to reach. Discipline is good. <laughs> when I think of discipline, you know, Paul said something. He said, I beat my body into submission. I bring myself into submission. And a lot of times we look at the conduct scriptures and we say, boy, that's, we've got to make ourselves do these things. And we've said this before, but, but I think that we've got to break out of this mindset. It's been said, it's been said, it's been said. But it's got to become revelation that it's not about the disciplines that make us anything. But we're something, so we're disciplined. Do you see the difference? And I, I just keep talking to different people, and I, I, just, I want us to get this. I want Holy Spirit just to bring revelation concerning the things that we do, that the things that we do don't produce anything in our lives as far as holiness or being right with God are concerned, but being right with God and being holy produces good things in our lives. And so I don't know how it is necessarily for, for, um, for girls, um, but for guys, as far as discipline, everything changes like when you go to the gym. You know, when you think of discipline and you go to the gym, everything changes. It's like, like a guy's persona changes when they go to the gym and they discipline themselves. And the noises, if you've ever been to a gym before, that come out of a guy's mouth at gyms, the, uh, uh, and I've been told, I have been told that it helps that it helps to exert, to release that sound. And so I'm thinking, boy, as I was, I was thinking about being disciplined, and I'm, listen, I'm not. I know it looks like I am. But when I think about being disciplined, um, I think if this is true, then, boy, maybe we could apply this to every area of our lives, you know, helping old ladies across the street. Whatever it is we do, if we could apply this principle with the noises. And I know we talked about this before, but you ever, you ever go to the gym and, and you know, they're, they're carrying around the little notebooks in the gym? I've never done that before. I've never peeked on the notebooks. I've wanted to, but the guys are making too many noises, so I think I'm going to get beat down for looking at it. But I'm thinking, is this like a diary? They're keeping a diary, right? Dear diary. <laughs> Just kidding. Today, I feel like a weight's been lifted off of me. The disciplines, being disciplined is a good thing. Um, 
But these are not, it's not the pinnacle of our purpose. It's like, it's not, it's not about being good. That's not the pinnacle. That's not the point. We don't become Christians, so we'll be good. Do you get that? It's like, that's why, that's why people are turned off from it, because it's presented in the light that come to Jesus. But when you do, everything's got to be just right in your life. And that's not at all how it's supposed to be. Jesus comes in and he makes everything just right. We are immediately made complete in him. And then as we walk out these things, our life comes into alignment with the fact that we've been made right. You've been made right. That's such a beautiful thing. When you come to Christ, you have to understand that because of Jesus, you've been made right. That's why I have a problem. This I believe that Jesus says things like this. And listen to me, we don't do it enough. And hopefully as this facility changes as far as expanding, we'll be able to do this. He says things like, we need to be baptized. You should be baptized. It's very important that you're baptized. And we don't do it enough. Obviously, you know, what are we going to do? We take you in the sink. You know, I don't know. But when we say you have to be baptized, it takes away the power of the cross. When you say you have to do this, you have to go to church, you have to do all these things. All of these things are important. But what matters is being made right by the cross. These are not the pinnacle. This is not the pinnacle of our purpose is to be disciplined. We limit God, we limit God by limiting ourselves. Because God chooses to use us as the vehicle to release who he is into this world and even into his body. And so we limit him by limiting ourselves. You've got to hear that. That's why in Philemon verse 6, it says that you are, because of what Jesus did, and I'm paraphrasing, to recognize the good things that are in you in Christ Jesus. We limit God by limiting ourselves. No, I could never do that. Do you understand that you are the perfect candidate to release the love of God, the glory of God, the purposes of God, the healing of God instantaneously when you come to the cross? When you receive the atoning of Jesus Christ, when Jesus comes into your life, you are immediately qualified to lay hands on the sick and watch them recover. It's not because you've gone to church for six months, and you've given enough in the, in the offering plate. Now listen, if, I'll just be honest, if you don't give enough in the offering plate, no, that's a lie. I almost told you a lie. I was going to say we wouldn't be able to pay our bills. Yes, we would, because God supplies all our needs according to His riches and glory. Thank God that He uses us. So I almost told a lie. Good for me, I didn't tell a lie. Because God would take care of us, and He always has, and He always will. So... The main goal of the church. And let me say this, because I just feel like this is in my spirit right now. If you have problems in your physical body, we're going to pray for you today. And in knees, again, I just, in knees again. If there's people here with problems in your knees, I don't know why we keep going to that. We're going to pray for you. And God's going to heal your knees. Okay? Because He loves you and He cares. And if it hurts you, then He cares. He cares about us. Um, so, the main goal of the church, the purpose of it is to make Him known and to touch the hearts of people, to touch the hearts of people, the lives of people, to love people, to reach out to people, to help people, to touch people, to be passionate about reaching people. 
We've been given, Scripture tells us that we've been given the ministry of reconciliation. It's a great big word for making people right with God. We have been entrusted with this. Do you understand? Jesus said, look what I'm giving you. I'm giving you a ministry. It's called the ministry of reconciliation. You have been given the ministry of making people right with God. And and, and what a travesty that we would try to make people right with God by telling them what to do and what not to do. We make them right with God by pointing them to the cross. And then the cross produces right living. The cross produces right living. The cross produces holiness. The cross produces right living in our lives. You and I will not effectively be able to do this, to reach people, until we understand how passionate God is to love you, to reach out to you, to help you, to touch you. He is passionately in love with you, passionate about you knowing Him. Passionate about it. God is passionate about it. Passionate about it. When this passionate love takes a hold of us, we've talked about it so many times. It's what Paul says, you know, it's the love of Christ that compels us. And then and only then are we effective or effectively reaching people by being gripped by this love. And this is when um, someone said once, when passion takes on purpose is when you get this reality, the revelation of the love of God in your life. We talk about agape, the love of God, and agape, that perfect love, the sacrificial um, love of God. And really, as we read the scriptures and as, as, as through the gospels, the way Jesus presented his ministry and presented his life, and then how Paul spells it out for us in, his, in the Pauline epistles and different books that he's written, agape is truly meant to define us. It's meant to be the defining factor in our lives is the love of, of God. It's who we are because of who he is, And what he's done. Understand this. When love becomes what you are, it becomes what you do. When love becomes what you are, it's what Paul was saying. The love of Christ compels us. When it becomes who you are, it becomes what you do. It's second nature. You can't help. I'm saying I'm there because I am complete in his love, but I'm not completely releasing it. I don't have complete revelation. I don't have complete understanding. But when it becomes who I am, it becomes what I do. It's not, a lot of us know what's true, don't we? Really in our hearts, we hear the truth, we know what's true. We, we may de- deny it like Paul and Christine talked about this the other day. He says, Jesus, remember when Jesus confronted Paul, he said, why is it that you're kicking against the goads or against the pricks? And that's those conscience stings in his mind. He knew the truth, but he was kicking up against it. So just because we know the truth doesn't mean that we're walking in the truth. It's not what we know to be true. It's what we do with what is true. Hear that. It's not what we know to be true. It's, that's where we're not a hearer, but not just a hearer only, but a doer. It's what we do with what is true. We are meant to allow the the word of God, the love of God, um, to go in and dictate 
Listen to me. We're talking about disciplines. We're, we're to allow the love of God, the, the word of God to go inside of us and dictate our actions. Dictate what comes out. The truth of God's word, the truth of his love is to go inside of us and to dictate what comes out of us. The word goes in. Love goes in and it changes us forever. Love goes in, listen to me, and it comes out. Love goes in and it comes out. Agape, love will ruin us, ruin us for, ruin, ruin us for ordinary living. The love of God, according to scripture, it covers, the love of God heals, the love of God restores, it also corrects, the love of God teaches us to live right, and the love of God produces purity in our lives. Look at Hebrews chapter 12. I don't know if I put that in there or not, Rhonda. You might want to do it with your healed arms. That's so exciting. Jesus is so excited. The angels are excited and jumping up and down. It's so cool that they don't have to be in pain anymore. Do you know who cares about the pain on this earth more than, more than anyone? is the person that experiences it. What a beautiful thing when the church can have empathy and sympathy. Not that we don't. Not that we don't. For each other as if it was ourselves. Maybe that's what he meant by love your neighbors yourself. Maybe. I don't know. Hebrews chapter 12 says this. Verse 5. And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as sons. As we've talked about sonship, right? We've talked about our identity in Christ. That you're no longer orphans. We have been and we'll continue to, if we need to, deal with that orphan spirit. You've not been abandoned. You're not orphaned. You've been brought in. Isn't that a beautiful thing? And he says this, he says, um, he says, if, I've forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as sons. It's important to understand that because if this speaks to you as a slave, then you're not going to get it. This scripture that I'm about to read, if it speaks to you with that orphan spirit, you're not going to hear it properly. So that's why he says, it speaks to you as sons. God, that's good. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? But if you are without um, chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. Furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us. We paid them respect. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the Father of spirits and live? For they indeed, um, for a few days, chastened us as seemed best to them, but for he, for our profit, that we may be partakers of his holiness. Now, no chastening. Yeah, right? I mean, come on. No chastening. Seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterward, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those ha- who have been, look at the wording here, to those who have been trained, trained by the chastening. It denotes progression, that his correction trains us. We've not yet arrived in our mindsets, we've not yet re- arrived in our conduct. But the correction of the Lord trains us so that we are being trained. Do you know it's a do you know do you see here it denotes a be being that we are continually being trained how? 
through God's correction as sons and daughters. You've got to hear it that way because that's how he does it. As sons and daughters, he corrects us. We have to allow his love to challenge us to the very core and not to resist. Not to resist. Not to, not to be Paul, kicking against those conscience. You ever have, the, like, you know that like, the, God's getting you, God's trying to get you in your conscience. He's getting you. He's like, come on, don't do that, don't do that. And you're like, you're wrestling and you're fighting with everything that's in you because we have this way that we want to do what we want to do. We want to see what we want to see. We want to go where we want to go. No, 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 I'm not going to listen. I'm not going to listen. I'm not going to listen. And we may just have those opportunities that, like Paul, we have that Damascus Road experience where we're, we're doing our own thing, minding our own business, and he knocks us off out of love. Listen, there are parents who beat their child, and it's not out of love. It's out of control issues. And probably because they were beat. But there are good daddies and good mamas who correct and chasten because of love because the Bible says, spare the rod. Have you heard it? It's not my opinion. It's what the Word says. So correction comes. It doesn't feel good, but it produces the peaceable fruits of righteousness as we are trained by it. So the disciplines come in our lives. The disciplines are not there to be holy, to be a good boy. But listen, those disciplines come through the correction of the Lord. It'll produce me being good. Because that's truly my nature in Christ. You hear me? There's a story in the Bible um, about a, a public figure. Well, let's just look at it by the name of Felix. Acts, um, I believe it's chapter 24. I don't know, did I put that in there? Acts 24. Look at this. Here it is, post-cross, right? This is after the cross. The cross is... Bless you. Acts chapter 24. Bless you. One more. Bless you. 24. You are blessed. How do you know? Isn't it awesome we're blessed? Oh, we are blessed and highly favored. Verse, uh, chapter 24. Um... Verse 24. So here's this public figure that comes, and he says, um, After some days, when Felix came with his wife, Drusilla, who was Jewish, he sent for Paul and heard him concerning faith in Christ. He went to Paul to ask. He's like, I want to know. I want to know about faith. I want to know about Christ. I want to know about following him. Paul knew it. Paul understood being defined by the cross. He understood what it meant being crucified with Christ. He understood his position in God. He understood who he was in God. Right? Paul had revelation of this um, and heard him concerning the faith in Christ. Now, as he reasoned about righteousness, Paul, as Paul reasoned about righteousness, self-control, judgment to come, Felix was afraid and answered, Go away for now. When I have a convenient time, I will call on you. See, it's one thing to hear about the cross and the completed work of the cross, but when we hear it's intended to produce right living in us, it's intended to produce abstinence in us. The reason we have, listen, I, I, you know my background, most of you do. The reason I feel like the Holy Spirit has pushed me this direction is because we've been so bombarded with get right, get right, get it right, get right, get your life right, get your life right, get your life right, get your life right. As if the cross didn't get it right. The cross gets it right. 
Do you hear me? There's nothing to get right. Jesus got it right. So you apply what Jesus did. And so now what Paul is saying, the work of the cross, because that's what Felix, Felix was questioning him about, will produce this in you. He was responding to the cross. Felix said, tell me about the cross of Christ. Paul said this, it will produce righteousness, self-control. Do you understand that? So God comes in our lives in righteousness and self-control. You've got to break out of this mindset. Having self-control in your life does not produce righteousness. The righteousness, your position in God produces self-control. Do you see how we've got that flip-flop, church? It's the work of the cross that produces this in us. And Paul started talking about right living, purity of life. And he, he's basically saying control of our passions. Felix was alarmed and frightened and basically said, not now. No, not now. Not now. Oh, okay. I didn't know it was about all of that. Because why? Like Paul, Felix obviously was kicking against the goads. He probably had wrong passions and he probably had wrong desires that he didn't want to change. Not knowing that if he came to the cross, the cross of Christ would change those passions. Do you hear me? And produce right living. We want to hear about God's love, but when His love becomes an invasive and corrective, you know, too many times, like Felix, well, now's not a good time. The disciplines in our lives, being who we are intended to be, it's about loving God, loving people. It's about releasing what we have inside of us, first recognizing the good that's in you, You have to get that. You have to get that there's good in you in Christ. You have to get that. We have to wake up to that. (laughs) And we release that in people. Come on. And the beauty of it is if we can, like Jesus did... If we can, if we can, I'm telling you, when we get this, when we get that God is so in love with us, we get God is so in love with us, God, you're so in love with me. Why do you have to get that? Why do you have to get that? How much, listen to me, hear me, I'm not saying this in a, in, in a condemning way. How much, individually, you, 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 take this personally, how much are you, you, right now, impa- impacting lives for his kingdom? How much are you, personally, right now? How many people are you seeing saved? Are you personally seeing impacted? I'm telling you, try me on this. When you get the revelation of the love of God and how much he is enamored, head over heels in love with you, you'll be able to say, oh my God, I see it. Oh my God, he's so in love with you. Oh, he's so in love with you. And you'll be so purposed to impact that person because God loves them so much. God sees you and he loves you so much. And we allow the love to come, right? I don't know. Some people like the word balance. Some people don't but to come and to correct and to balance. We get that correction in our lives and it produces that repentance, that turning away from stuff, the walking right, the living right, you know, um, in our lives. But you've got good in you, folks. You've got to see that. You've got to see that. You've got to see that you, yes, you can lay hands on the sick. You've got to see that you have hope inside of you because of Jesus Christ. You have what your neighbor, your mama, your daddy, your grandpa, you've, your cousin, you've got what your coworker, the person that you live next door to that's like crying out for hope. Guess where it is? It's right here. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. 
Christ in you. It's inside of you. You've got it. You've got to recognize that good in you. If you don't get that, you're not going to reach out. You're not going to love people. If I don't get this about the love of God, we've got to see this, folks. So, yeah. <gasps> Whatever it takes. <laughs> What's even better is if you have a spotter or a partner. Come on, come on, come on, two more, come on, two more, two more, come on. That's supposed to help. It is. We could go through life that way. You know, we're helping an old lady across the street. <gasps> Someone else. Come on. Come on. Come on. Across the street. Come on. Discipline in our lives. <laughs> That's how I got ginormous, is from all those noises at the gym. Um, okay, so that, who has knee problems today? Wait, isn't there supposed to be music playing?